Welcome to Steady Diet of Vinyl, a mini show within the Steady Diet of Music universe. Hey, welcome to episode number seven. We are your hosts. I'm Brandon. And I'm Dan. How you doing, Dan? Good, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just tickled pink to be alive right now. <laughs> tickled pink, huh? That's a that's a first I've heard on that one. I've uh I sound sarcastic, but I actually I'm just happy, I yeah, think. That's good. For no particular reason. Uh anything interesting happening with you lately? Yeah, Brandon, as a matter of fact, I had a birthday a couple weeks ago and my wife asked me, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I said, I want to go record shopping. So um, instead of going to like the whole like Hollywood area, I know they have a lot of record shops, but we chose to go north to Ventura. Uh, Ventura has, I believe, three record stores uh, in the city of Ventura. The first one we went to is called Grady's Records. They had a great selection, man. Uh, a very poor hip hop selection, though. Unfortunately, mm. I was I was going there not only for hip hop, but I had hip hop in mind. Definitely, I did get a mm. good record there, um, hip hop wise. But I'll be discussing that later. But they, uh, yeah, they had an all around great uh, selection. It was a pretty big store, and it's the first record shop I've been in in a while. And um, we were there's probably I don't know maybe ten or twelve people in there, and then the, I heard the owner go man, this is a pretty good turnout today. And I turned around, like, there's, there's not that many people in here, man. Like how many, how many people are you usually getting? But it was a cool spot, man. And anybody that, you know, is looking to go shop records, I would definitely um, recommend that place. So the second shop we went to is called Giacomo Records. And this place was like a closet, man. It was really small, very limited selection. Well, they had a lot of records, just nothing in my taste. Like they had like a lot of like old, like blues, jazz, stuff like that. They did have a metal section. They had a couple good records in there. They had every single Pink Floyd album, which really? I thought was interesting. And they were all hanging up. Like they didn't even have a section like where they were, like where you could like, you know, pick through the, the different vinyls mm -hmm. and everything. They were all like kind of like hanging up on display. And I actually got really excited because I want uh, Wish You Were Here on vinyl. I want mm -hmm. that album. I think that's, well, I don't know. There's probably a couple albums I'd owned by Pink Floyd, but I think that one for sure I want. But it was some like different type of like bonus version and it wasn't the same cover. You know how the guys are shaking hands and the one guy's on fire? Yeah. I wanted it's, that. Yeah, it's a famous photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted that one, but it was like some like, I don't know. It, it was a different logo. It was just like the Pink Floyd logo with like a black background with like some other stuff on it. And uh, yeah, I was kind of disappointed. Was it ex what was it expensive? The vinyl, I think it was it yeah. was tw uh, twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, okay, that's not bad. Because usually when they put the records on display like that on the on the like on the walls or in the back, mm -hmm. it's usually like rare records that are pretty pricey. Oh, that's what yeah. I've noticed at the record shops I went to. So yeah, that would make sense. For some reason, it was like all their Zeppelin and Pink Floyd were like on display up there, and they had other ones too, but. Yeah, those, but I don't know. I, I really wanted that Pink Floyd record, but I, I want, I don't know. It sounds kind of weird, but I, I want that actual cover, the the yeah, yeah. original. I think it looks, no, I get looks that. cooler. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's part of an album, right? Is the, is the art, art on the album. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a big display of a, of a, of really cool art. 
Yeah, for sure. Back when I was a kid, like not with vinyl, but with like CDs, if something looked cool and like it was in a section that I liked, like either punk or ska or something like that, I'm like, mm, I'll give it a try. There's been a couple times where I've bought an album strictly just for the album cover. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. You got to you gotta take the gamble. Yeah. Back then, that was like the only marketing like, you know, that you couldn't sample albums or anything. So yeah. like you sometimes you had to go by just the cover right or like you said this the section or you could always ask like the shop owner but sometimes they'd be like oh yeah they sound like this band and you take it home you're like what no it doesn't (laughs) it doesn't sound anything (laughs) like that band (laughs) yeah uh different times but yeah that's my uh that's my first uh vinyl shopping experience in a really long time man outside of you know just randomly passing by them at target or walmart or shopping on amazon so it was really cool. I got to head to Hollywood next though for some, for some more vinyl shopping. Yeah. I mean, I, I love vinyl shopping. As I said, I go at about once a week, once a week, maybe once every two weeks. And I'm just fortunate enough to have a lot like in my vicinity. Right. And I, what I've noticed is a lot of record shops, even over here, don't have a big hip hop selection. It's a pretty small section within the stores, but luckily Randy's records, which I, I frequent most often it it has it's a small section but it's really good like in in my taste of of hip-hop music it they have a lot of great it's hard to walk out of there without it's hard to walk out of there empty-handed gotcha okay all right well let's get into the show let's get on to some vinyl pull Dan's up first this time. You got it, Dan. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. All right, Brandon. This is one I've been waiting a while to show you. Can you can you see this? It says Spice Girls. Yeah, Spice Girls. Their their self titled album. And look at this, dude. Look how cool this is. It is a uh, it is a limited edition <laughs> white vinyl, dude. I'm just kidding. This. <laughs> I thought you said you had a hip hop. <laughs> this is this is not my vinyl pull. Uh, that's that's Mel's record. I'm like, I'm going to play a little jokester on Brandon and bring in the Spice Girls. <laughs> no, that's not my vinyl I wish pull. it was. I wish it was your real vinyl pull. <laughs> my favorite song is If You Want to Be My Lover. Is that what it's called? <laughs> oh, it's called I think so. Wanna Be. Oh, okay. T- tell me what you want, what I really, really want. Uh, that's right. Kid Cudi, Man on the Moon. Ah, yes. And that's I a know... Great album. It is. And I know you own this already on vinyl. This album is like I really, do. yeah, this album was really special to me. Like for a number of reasons, like he, uh, Kid Cudi's kind of like an emotional hip hop artist, in my opinion, at mm-hmm. least that album, yeah. it was very like, I don't know, emo hip hop, yeah. but like in a good yeah. way, you know, uh-huh. just like, like expressing like his feelings, you know, anger, depression, anxiety you know everything that happened to him when he was a kid uh but yeah just a really good album man i can relate a lot to it it brings back a lot of memories when i was uh working for the studios back in like 2007 i i carpooled with this dude named juan and him and i love that record every morning on our way to work we listened to it for like a good two months and yeah it just brings back a lot of good memories that's such a good album i owned it on cd um for years i don't know what happened to it but then yeah just listening to it digitally and then i saw it at uh grady's records inventor i'm like man i gotta get this super good album 
it's kind of rare, right, within hip hop to wear your heart on your sleeve. And he does it in a very stylistic way. Sure. And in fact, uh, it's very special to me because you showed them to me when I first moved to Salt Lake. Uh, them, him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you would, you would text me and said, hey, "Have you heard of Kid Cudi?" And I was like, "No." And I checked him out. You told me a couple songs to listen to, and I think it was uh, Solo Dolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what it's called? It is. And, and as a matter yeah. of fact, that's my favorite track on the album. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You told me to listen to that, and I was like, "Man, this is so different and so good." And I listened to it a lot when I first moved here. And then later on as well. And every time I listen to that song, it reminds me of you. So it's a very pleasant listen. Nice, nice. Uh, and I, I don't think that I had listened to the entire album straight through, but when I saw it, I bought it, and I listened to it straight through a few times now, and it's so good. It like, is. Very experimental. Front to back. Yeah. And it's a double It's a double LP. It's got quite a few songs on it. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is, a lot of it, if not all of it, is produced by Kanye West. Yes, I believe you're correct on that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which he's a, an amazing producer. He came out with I a agree. new album recently. Yeah, for sure, man. So yeah, that's that's my vinyl pull. What do you got for us, buddy? It's a good one. All right, so I got these a while back. Now, uh, I got a shout out to my brother Milo and his friend slash my friend Eric because they showed me this band. And I believe it was like a direct influence on the band that they were currently in. It's a garage rock band called The Primates. Uh, This is how it came. It came (laughs) without a cover. No jacket. Now, I did not believe that I would ever find this. Uh, It's not on any streaming services. I think YouTube has some songs by them. And that was the only way I could ever listen to this. Wow. Now, our friend Eric had a tape, and I remember listening to that tape in his apartment. And I believe my brother as well had a tape. And it's just, it's like, it's my favorite type of garage rock, where there's the garage rock in the 60s that is just like, basically it's like, they were just considered kind of like bad rock bands that never really broke out commercially okay but this is more like a punk band was inspired by those old garage rock bands because there was a resurgence in the 80s where a lot of these uh a lot of these groups started popping up and it's my favorite sound because it's like it's very punk rock rock and roll Mm. you know and as i said i did not think i was going to find this but i was i was i kept searching for it and kept searching for it and i found it on some obscure website that i was like mm, maybe this is a bad idea to order it cuz it was like just the record no no sleeve available and it came and i was expecting it to be trashed cuz it was used too and it had just like it was packaged pretty well and it was in a it was in a paper sleeve in a nice box but it's not scratched whatsoever. It's really, it looks brand new when I look at it. Oh, that's great. And I mean, I guess it's a bummer that I don't have the, the, the sleeve for the, the, you know, the jacket, but I'm just, I'm super stoked to own this on, on vinyl, especially, but just in general, like even if I could have found the CD of it, I would have bought the CD or even the tape. I don't even think I have a tape deck anywhere, but wow. I would have bought a tape deck. That's how much <laughs> I like this band. That's awesome. And I actually have two because this is sort of adjacent. 
And my brother showed me this band as well, and they're called the Gravedigger Five. Oh. And if you see the album cover, it's pretty neat. It's that's, pretty macabre. Yes, that's awesome. You know, there's like, it's, it looks like a, a party in a cemetery. That's what it looks like. Yeah, pretty much. And same, very same, like same type of band where they're like, like punk rock, garage rock, you know, okay. like garage punk kind of thing. Um, and they got a s- couple of fun, spooky tunes, like all black and hairy is about him walking down the street and this monster that's all black and hairy pops out and he's afraid. He's, <laughs> he's walking through the, walking through the cemetery and, and, and saw them. It's a blue vinyl. And I actually found this brand new on some other possibly shady website, but they delivered it and it was perfect condition. And it was like sealed you know, so like these were two records that I just, I, I gave up thinking that I would ever find them because they're such obscure bands that aren't on anything. Both bands aren't on anything. Right. Like, again, I think you could YouTube it and beware if you're, if you're thinking about YouTubing the primates, because there is another band called the primates that isn't this. Okay. <laughs> at all. I don't like that because it's tricked me a few times. I've looked on uh, some streaming devices. I'm like, the primates, cool. And then, oh, that's not them. So there was another band called the primates, which actually will go into um, my name, that band. In fact, it has something to do with it. But uh, super stoked on these. I've had them for a while. Listen to the crap out of them. It's really good kind of like summer music for me. But yeah, I would... I would try to check out the primates and the Gravedigger Five on YouTube. And when you're listening to the primates, if you hear a generic rock band, that's not them. Okay. <laughs> just saying. Okay. But yeah, that's it. Just these these uh these two awesome records. It's just like goes to show you if like never kind of give up on on vinyl hunting. Just like if you if it's if you're not seeing it at the local record shop and they can't order it for you, just keep checking shady websites until they send you one with no jacket (laughs) yeah man that's uh, that's pretty great that's fantastic that um that you're still able to find these like you're probably going to be like the king of finding vinyl that nobody can find and i'm going to hoard them forever (laughs) you better unless my daughter wants them then they're hers like right now if she asked me for them i'd give it to him all right so that was vinyl pull up next will be name that band All right. In this segment, we will name some facts about a particular band, and the other will try to guess who that band is. Dan, I have one here for you that I know you know this band. All right. I'll just start by saying that. So labeled as funk metal or thrash funk, formed in 1984, their name was Primate, right? But they had to change their name because they were approached by a group called the Primates, threatening legal action over the similarity of their names. Mm. I don't know if it's the Primates that I was talking about or that or that other I one. I think it's the crappy. I think it's because this. Yeah, <laughs> the Primates that I'm talking about was this like underground. You know, like they're not trying to sue nobody. <laughs> yeah, know, that's yeah. what. That's the impression I get from them. All right, but so they had to change their name. They're so they were just a two-piece with a Lin drum drum machine, and the singers sold their car to pay for the recording for their first demo. All right? And their first actual album 
released was a live album. Later, they would write the theme song for a very popular show, and the singer is associated with at least five side projects, including solo albums. Holy cow. Am I? Hmm. You said funk metal? They're labeled as funk metal or thrash funk. Thrash funk. <laughs> hmm. The- I don't know if I would I don't know if I would label them as that. Okay. I know I know where the funk part's coming from. Hmm. Don't really know where the thrash or metal really is coming from unless we're talking about their early, early, early work. Gotcha. And even then I would <clears throat> it'd be questionable. Yeah. Hmm. This is a good one. And I definitely know of this band, right? Absolutely. Okay. I can give you another hint. Sure. The singer's real name is Leslie. Wow, man. I am really drawing a blank. I don't want to be putting too much dead air on here. Uh, let's see. Leslie. Name the name the first band that came to mind when I said funk metal or thrash funk. Nothing really came to mind because I I can't really recall hearing like like thrash funk or metal. <laughs> Um, I don't know. At first, like the the first thing was like uh, Faith No More, but that's not really oh not really metal. Yeah, I can kind of see that association. But a little yeah. little bit of funk in there. Um, I I really don't know, man. And I know you're gonna say it, and I'm gonna be like, oh, I knew it was that band. Yeah, I am. It's Primus. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I get so yeah, less less Claypool. Leslie. It's short oh, for Leslie. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And you know that that dude is associated with a bunch. He's got all these side projects. You know, yeah. like Les Claypool and the Frog Brigade, yeah. and then he did Sausage, which I think was just like the original band members of of Primus that he right. did. And then there's all kinds of stuff. And they did you know? the. You're right. They did the theme song to uh, South Park. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's good, man. That was really Oysterhead, really Oysterhead, which he did with. Uh, who did he do that with? Gosh, the drummer of the Police, I believe. What's his name? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, Stuart Copeland. Stuart Copeland. Yeah, one of my favorite drummers of all time, actually. He's great, man. He's great at doing like those like random offbeats. Like he yeah, does like some yeah. weird like he's really good at ska, like really really good at playing ska or like that type of like you know, reggae type breakdown type music. Good stuff. Yeah. And he, he does very subtle fills that like you might miss if you're not listening hard enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree. All right. So I'm up to bat now. Yes, sir. Brandon, I have no idea why I picked this band. I'll put it that way. I'm not a fan of this band, (laughs) but I don't, I just, I thought it'd be a good band to poorly describe. All right. So, they're a um, they're a hip hop duo comp- composed by Joseph Bruce and Joseph Utzler. I thought it was kind of funny that both uh, singers of the band were named Joseph. Founded in Detroit in 1989, the duo has earned two platinum records and five gold albums. Their music is described as hardcore hip hop or horrorcore. Who am mm. I? So for some reason, oh, Detroit, Insane Clown Posse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was going to, for some reason, I was thinking like House of Pain. I don't know why. Oh, okay. But then, but then Detroit stuck in my head and I remember that they were from Detroit. Their label is Horrorcore, huh? I guess. 
supposedly, I don't know if I would classify them as that, but it says, yeah, horrorcore or um, hardcore hip hop. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. You know, my favorite horrorcore would actually be the Grave Diggers. Have you ever heard them? The Grave Diggers? Yeah. No. With a Z. No, I have not. You got to you got to you got to check them out. So after 36 Chambers, Riza started a side project called The Grave Diggers. Oh, and it's man. horrorcore and he produced a lot of it too and it's really good and he raps on it as well. And um they I mean they're not like rapping about horror movies, but they'll throw in like some horror stuff and the music is very macabre. It's good okay. to check it out. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. Diggers. Grave Diggers. Sweet. Yeah, man. Good job. ICP. ICP2. <laughs> so, we'll close this out with records on the horizon. Starting with Dan. Dan, what is on your horizon, vinyl-wise? So, the last few shows I've been wanting hip-hop, and I've been getting a decent amount of hip-hop vinyl, so... Um, I kind of want to move it on over to like some, some classic rock. Like I was saying in earlier in the episode, I really want that wish you were here by pink Floyd. So that's definitely on the list. Um, I, I wouldn't mind getting like, I already have Zeppelin two. Actually, you know what? I just got Led Zeppelin one. Yeah. So I think I'm pretty good on Led Zeppelin for now, but I don't know, just <laughs> <laughs> any, uh, any other classic rock? I don't know. I've always been a big fan of classic rock. And, you know, that's kind of like when when records were booming. You know what I mean? Like during like the like late 60s and early 70s and like, you know, kids were getting, you know, Pink Floyd and all these other cool bands and stuff on vinyl. And it's I think a lot of the album covers are really cool and uh, and attractive like that, like that uh, Wish You Were Here album. Can't wait to get that one. So that, mm-hmm. that's going to be my main one on the horizon for sure. So funny enough. I want Ride the Lightning from Metallica. Ooh. I'll tell you, there's there's no shortage of Metallica records out there. No. <laughs> That's I see it, I see it everywhere. And yeah. it's like taunting me. It's like, you're gonna want this sometime, just get me, and I'm just like, nah, not today. Yeah. But uh I I I want it. I was just listening to it in the car with my wife. Me and my wife, you know, we we're both musicians and we uh, love listening to music together and we geek out when we listen to albums and we we're just talking about how good it was and how basically like a lot of those metal bands and this is like a thrash metal band right Metallica started out as a thrash metal band and they yeah. went a bit more commercial and like it's almost like classical music like you know like that's if you want to find modern classical music that isn't a straight classical band like metal is kind of it right yeah. And I don't know. It just has a lot. It's really melodic, too. And also, on the far other side of the spectrum of music, I want Death Grips, The Money Store, because I saw it at my local record store and didn't pick it up, and now I'm regretting it. But those are going to be on the back burn, because what I'm doing from now until the end of October, can you guess, Dan, what I'm doing from now until October ends, what I'm collecting. Halloween vinyl. Exactly. Halloween vinyl. I have a small section of Halloween records, and Dan and I will do a Halloween special. Dan's 
supposed to be up here in the in the pod cauldron studio yeah and so we'll put something out before halloween and we'll we'll hang out together and we'll 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 go through all my halloween vinyl that i that i'll have so i'm not going to list any of those but i have some some good ones but i need to make it bigger my goal as silly as it sounds is to have 31 halloween vinyls so i could play it from october 1st to october 31st at least play one a day that's a cool every day that's that's a cool goal man that's my goal i like that that's awesome it's gonna take a little while because it's hard to find those records that the whole the whole record feels like halloween you know what i mean right but i have some on the list here so bobby boris pinkett's monster mash album right 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 yeah the original monster mash it's got some funky songs on it, like the Transylvania twist. And, you know, like that's the only song on there that like I, that I really dig. And I probably only dig it because of my youth and its association with Halloween and the rest of the songs I've tried to listen to and are like, eh, it gets a little redundant after a while, you know? Okay, yeah. But I think it'll be something fun for, for my daughter as well. So I got to get that lost themes from John Carpenter which is really cool because John Carpenter, he scored his own movies most of the time. He didn't score The Thing and I think a couple others, but most of his movies he scored. And then he retired from the business completely. And then all of a sudden, this cool old man decides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some music. So he just wrote this album, Lost Themes, and he ended up doing a second one and a third one. And they're really cool. It sounds like theme songs from John Carpenter. So I want that... There's this silly one called Spook Show Spectacular A Go Go. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird, man. I listen to it and it's like there is some music. There's some like Halloween, old time Halloween commercials and like announcements for shows. It's just like this variety thing of like all this audio. Sometimes it has just got scary sounds on it, you know, like a witch going like, yeah yeah and i'm like a door creaking (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i don't know if this is gonna be like a pleasant experience to put on and be like oh yeah and like sit back on the couch and like enjoy but it's like something that i just like it's this it's just a stupid thing in me that's like this thing screams halloween and it'd be fun to put on if not just for dan you know for you coming out you know and like hey i'm gonna put this on for fun i'm gonna show you this and it'll probably never get played again also uh the the last one is just tales from the crypt soundtrack like of the show for sure yeah so it's got the it's got the opening and then it has some of the like the scores from the individual episodes and then it has and then it has the crypt keeper rapping on it have you ever heard that no Gosh, I forget what it's called, but it's like you can you can easily find it. You can easily find the album on most streaming devices, devices, most streaming services. It's bad, man. I mean, it was like back then in the 90s where like, you know, the like white suits, the executives were like, oh, rap music is, you know, really <laughs> jiving with the kids these days. So they like, you know what I mean? They like, they, they tried to like reach out to the youth through rap and they just yeah. like didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And uh, this is kind of one of those, <laughs> the symptoms of that. It's so bad, but it's so bad. It's like good. Uh, you know, it's not going to be my favorite track on the, on the record for sure, but that's on there. That's classic. So anyway, that's uh, 
that is uh, what's on my horizon from now until October. Awesome, man. All right, so we will be back some other time, man. You're just going to have to wait. Bye. Wait for it. Say bye, Dan. Bye, Dan. Steady Diet of Vinyl has been a production of Pod Cauldron. Check out some other great podcasts on the Pod Cauldron Network, including Cards and Cubes, a show about board games that you didn't grow up playing, Bub Club, a horror movie podcast, and Rabble, 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 a comedic look at current events. Be sure to check out other bonus episodes, including Tour Stories. And of course, don't miss the full episodes of Steady Diet of Music, a bi-weekly fix of opinions by musicians. If you need to get a hold of us for any reason, you could do so by emailing us at steadydietofmusicpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.